Um, well, good morning, everybody. Uh, like Bruce said, my name's Barry. Um, if I haven't gotten a chance to meet you, um, this is it. <laughs> uh, I'm, you know, it's been a joy being one of the volunteers and part of the team that's helped start Valley Lights Church. Uh, my day job, I work in sales for a security company, which keeps me very busy. Um, but we're continuing on this morning with our series on emotions called Triggered. And I really hope that this series has been as helpful for you as it has been for me, just remembering that, uh, that we do have an option uh, when emotions come up and what we do with them. And whether you consider yourself an emotional person or you're not really all that emotional, uh, we all experience emotions. And it's easy to think that when we get into or we experience emotion, we feel an emotion, that we're just along for the ride. Um, but as we've been discussing in this series, we, um, we may not be in control of having emotions, and we aren't in control of having emotions, but we can certainly decide what we do with those emotions. And with God's help, we can change uh, completely how we, how we deal with emotions. But today we're going to be talking about fear, so this is always a good one. And um, has anybody ever discovered that you had a fear you didn't know you had? Yeah, I, I, the, one of the weirdest experiences I had um, was when we, we first moved here, uh, my wife and I were setting up our bedroom, and uh, we had set up our, we have a king-size bed, so it's you know, pretty big across, and uh, the last thing that needed to be done in the bedroom was to plug in uh, this, I don't know, like kind of like a splitter so we could get power to all the things on our, our bedside tables. And so I, uh, you know, didn't think much of it, of it. I slipped under the bed, went all the way back, clicked it into the wall. And then when I was going backwards, I felt pinned under the bed. Now, maybe I'm growing a little bit more than my mind realized, but I'm stuck under the bed. And no one was in the room. Um, but, you know, at first I was just kind of like, oh, th this is dumb. I'm stuck under my own bed. Um, but then I started to panic. Like, things started to close in a little bit. And I, I just go, I freak out. I freak out, and I slide out. And luckily, I get out from under my bed. Luckily, again, nobody was in the room with me. But I, um, I'm just, like, trying to figure out what just happened there. I discovered a new fear. I have claustrophobia. <laughs> Um, so in this series, we've talked about a, a lot of different emotions, um, and, it, you know, fear is not a bad thing. Obviously, that's, that's a very practical thing. I have yet in my life to die in a cave accident, and one of the reasons is because I got a little bit of claustrophobia. I didn't know that. And, um, and it's actually kind of funny how uh, YouTube works. A lot of our media knows that fears are a good way to get us to click and, and look at things or, or to stay attached to things. And so on YouTube, uh, one day, I had this video pop up called Caveman Hikes. And Caveman Hikes is a channel of caving videos. So I actually was thinking about putting a thumbnail up there, but the first thumbnail that I saw of this guy, he's always squeezed into a cave, uh, I honestly, it turned my stomach. So if you have claustrophobia, I feel like the, even the thumbnail picture, you wouldn't have even been able to see. But if you want to deal with your fear of, of uh, claustrophobia, maybe that might be a good next step. But uh, Caveman Hikes, he's just crazy guy that just goes through these small, small caves and ugh. Yeah, not good stuff. Uh, but this, again, is a good example of a fear that I have that is a, is a helpful fear. You know, fear can have a helpful component to it. Uh, but when I think about dealing with fear, 
Um, I think back to 2020, and again, let's take for a second the elephant out of the room, the whole COVID thing, let's take that out. 2020 was a year of a lot of fear for my family. Um, the, the first thing is that uh, we were still, my wife and I were still pretty new in our marriage, so there's, you know, fear along the lines of, you know, am I, am I a good husband? Like, do I, do I have this husband thing or uh, down? Like, am I able to provide for my family? That was always a fear that I had. And then we had our first child at the very beginning of 2020. So then there's this new fear, like, okay, I, I, maybe we have enough money for me and her, but like, am I going to have enough money for all the things that kids require? Like, am I going to be able to, to meet those needs? Am I going to be a good parent? Like, are, is, are we going to be able to pull this whole parenting thing off? There was fear there. And then my wife, uh, after uh, having our baby, um, had some complications. One day I got a call from our, uh, my mother-in-law, and she says, hey, you need to come to the hospital like ASAP, Holly's in the emergency room. So, all right, let's figure that one out. Um, so that day, I find myself standing in the waiting room at the Kaiser Permanente in Baldwin Park, and I am overwhelmed with fear. Uh, another, I mean, another uh, issue with this whole finance thing, like thinking about finances, once we had the baby, I took a little bit of time off, but when I came back to work, I was like ready to you know, hit the ground run. Let's provide for this family. Like, I'm going to make it happen. And then all of a sudden, my wife's in the hospital, and I'm standing there knowing how much work I have to do, and I'm freaking out because how, how am I going to get all this together? How am I going to make this work? And uh, maybe you've, you've experienced a similar situation where you start to panic. You feel that anxiety, that, that feeling that, like, I'm just going to be crushed. Uh, Fear is something that, that we all deal with. And again, we all deal with that at a different level. So looking around this room, it's very possible uh, that some of you say, oh, you know, maybe, maybe I've, I've dealt with some fear. Some of you may, may feel like you, your life is just gripped by fear. So what can we do when we experience fear? That's basically what we're going to talk about today. And as, as I was kind of studying for this, fear is a really tricky one. Because, uh, so there's the word fear, and then there's like afraid. So okay, so that's the same thing. But then there's all these other words we use. Worry, anxiety, anxious, stress, nervous, concern. Honestly, like even if you don't consider yourself a fearful person, these are all things that we experience weekly. And I mean, again, I go back to work tomorrow. I know that some of these things are going to be sitting in my email. There are going to be some of these things that I'm dealing with. But, but what are some of the concerns you have? What are some things you're thinking of? Uh, worries that hang in the back of your mind. Moments where you say, you know what? I don't know if God's going to be able to save me this time. Or maybe, maybe, maybe you're at a different stage in your walk with God and you say, I don't know if God's even interested in this. Or this is something that I say to myself a lot is, you know what? God has control of the entire universe, but I'm the one that's going to mess this up. I'm going to mess up so bad this time that God's not going to be able to save me. So today, I want to look at uh, something that happened in the Bible that was a, a very critical time in the history of God's people, and I think it has a lot to say uh, for us today as we look at this topic of fear. So we're going to be reading in uh, Numbers chapter 13 and 14 today, and it, basically this is a, a time where God 
had made a promise a long, long, long time ago. He told his people that one day he would unite them and give them a land of their own. And anybody who's ever looked for a house or gone through that whole process knows what it's like, that, that, that drive we have inside of us to have a home, to have a place to call our own. And, um, and so God made this promise, and this is the time where God is going to deliver. And so the Lord commands Moses, he's like the leader of God's people, he commands him and he says, send men to explore the land of Canaan, which I am giving to the Israelites. For each, uh, from each ancestral tribe, send one of its leaders. So they send out these 12 guys, there's 12 tribes in Israel, they send them out to go look at this land. So they're going to have an opportunity to look this over and see what's in the land. And so Moses gives them a command. He sends them out with actually pretty specific directions. He says, go up through the Negev into the hill country and see what the land is like. And he gives them some very specific details, things that he wants uh, to find out. Like, is the soil good? That's a good thing to know when we grow things. Uh, you know, what are the people that are there like that we might have to, to, to fight against? Are they, are they good people? Are they bad people? Are they, um, you know, what, what, are, what are their cities like? Are they fortified? And then also he asks just a kind of a small detail. He says, hey, bring back, some, bring back some of the fruit if you find some. Bring back some of the fruit. So it says, they came back to Moses and Aaron and the whole Israelite community at Kadesh in the desert of Paran. So basically, this isn't just they're coming back to report to their elders, but they're actually going to report to the entire community. They're all going to get to find out how amazing the place that God has brought them to is going to be. And they say, they give to Moses this account. We went into the land to which you sent us, and it does flow with milk and honey. Here is its fruit. And they, had, they literally, uh, the, the fruit, the bunch of uh, grapes that they brought back was so big that just one branch needed to be carried by two men. So that's, this is some big grapes. I mean, we have big grapes around here, but man, they, those are some really big grapes. Uh, but the people uh, who live there are powerful, and the cities are fortified and very large. We even saw descendants of Anak there. And the Amalekites live in the Negev. The Hittites and the Jebusites and the Amorites live in the hill country. And the Canaanites live near the sea and along the Jordan. Then a guy named Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of this land, for we can certainly do it. So the men who were there uh, that were sent out, they come back and they give this report. They say, hey, listen, yeah, it's a good place. Um, the people there... There, there's, we, we know these people. We know the Jebusites and the Hittites and all the other tites. We know all these people. They're bad people. They will, they will kill us. They're big, big people. Um, and then they throw in that thing about the descendants of Anak. That's basically like this, kind of like a mythological giant people. that They, they had all heard stories of these people before. And so when they say that, that struck fear into these people because they knew what they were going to be walking into if they went there. So they come back and basically say, yeah, it's, it's good, but if we, do, if, if we do come to this land, we're going to have to deal with this. We're going to have to deal with these people. There's no way around this. So that creates a lot of fear. Um, what do you do when you, sit, you, you get into a situation where God is calling you to do something and you know that there's no way around something that you really, really fear? You're going to have to go through it. So what do you do? 
with that fear. Then we meet a new character, this guy named Caleb. And if anybody knows our family, our youngest son, or youngest son, we have two, we have one son. My, our oldest son, too. His name is Caleb. And we named him after this guy because this guy was special. He was different. Um, him and a guy named Joshua were, were two of the 12 that came back and said, let's do this thing. Like, it's hard. Yes, these people are bad. It's going to be hard. There's fear here, but we're going to do it. And obviously, that's why we named our son that. We want to we raise him to be the kind of guy that in a world that shrinks back says, with God's help, we can do it. So, um, but you could easily say, um, well, who is this Caleb guy? Like, why, why was he so, like, ready to move forward when everybody else was ready to shrink back? Or did, did he, was he missing something? Is he just super optimistic? And uh, this actually makes me think about uh, the, uh, a scene uh, from the series Band of Brothers. Everything makes me think of a scene from Band of Brothers, but this one especially. Um, and I have a, a clip I'd like to show real quick. So how do you do that? How does that guy do that? Spears is probably one of my favorite characters from uh, Band of Brothers uh, because he just, there's, there's actually two or three scenes like that where he just does things that you go like, is this guy just crazy? Like, is he absolutely crazy? Well, he's extremely brave, definitely. But where does that confidence come from or that bravery come from? The, uh, there's actually one of my, another scene I really like uh, from this film. He, uh, or Lieutenant Winter, or Winters, who's over him, uh, says, basically talks about what it takes to prepare for war. And again, I've, I've never been in a battle, never been in war. Uh, but he talks about how every man has to prepare himself for war, uh, however, you know, however they have to. And um, we see this guy come into, into a situation where he knows what has to be done. He knows what the mission is. And... He heads off and does it. Not only that, but the guy like smiles a little bit because he goes, and then he came back. It's pretty, pretty amazing. Um, but is that, is that where Caleb's confidence comes from? This guy Caleb that we meet, uh, when he goes into the land, he saw the same information that everybody else did. Is he just really confident? Or is he, is he just really optimistic? Or maybe, maybe he just turns his brain off and says, hey, I know what needs to be done. I'm going to go for it. 
And when we, when we deal with fear, is that how we need to approach it? Just gut it out. You know, hey, you're in fear? Hey, deal with it. Suck it up. Get it done. Um, no, as we're going to find out, Caleb is willing to be so courageous and take possession of land um, because he's, he sees something that other people don't see. So let's continue reading here. It says, uh, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't, we can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they uh, spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land that they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people we saw there are of great size. We even saw the Nephilim there. The descendants of Anaks come, uh, come from the Nephilim. We seemed like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we looked the same to them. Uh, so the other leaders uh, who had explored the land doubled down on that report, and you can see that the fear is increasing. Like, it's no longer just, hey, you know, yeah, this is a great land, but we couldn't possibly take it. These people are really bad. This is, it's now gotten to the point where they're talking about the land literally, this is the kind of land that devours people. Uh, that these people, we would look like grasshoppers in their eyes. They're just going to cra- crush us like a grasshopper. And then again, they pull out this like Nephilim character that again was this, uh, you can read back in Genesis, uh, kind of giant figures. These are people that, uh, that obviously just physically would just look imposing and that you would be afraid uh, to come and do anything um, about. So they give this report and um, they have a problem on their hands. Because it's not just that, hey, we went, we saw the land, we can't do it, let's just go home. God was calling these people to do something about this. This is a challenge that we have as people who decide to follow Jesus Christ. Because when we decide to follow Christ, you're saying, hey, he is now the boss of my life and I'm going to move forward following him. And in this case, the Israelites were told, hey, I promised you hundreds and hundreds of years ago that I'm going to give you this land. So take possession of it. Can you think of something like this in your life that you've experienced and you know that God wants you to move forward and do something, but you're just too afraid? Well, I I couldn't do that. Well, if Pastor Bruce asked me to do that, I I couldn't do it. I, I... I'm too afraid. I, cu- I couldn't possibly do that. Or maybe you can think of a specific opportunity that you've been given. You say, you know what? Here's the job that I would really like to go after, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know if they'd pick me. Or I, I, don't know if I, could, I, could, I don't know if I could do that. You're, just a, you're afraid of the result. You're afraid of what's going to happen. When we, get, when we get into fear, there's a lot of negative consequences uh, or negative things that happen. Uh, obviously, like I said earlier, fear can keep you from getting into situations where um, you, know, you could die, uh, situations where you're going to fa- face harm or loss. But there's a lot of situations that we come against where fear is just kind of part of paying the price to get it done. You're going to get into fear. These are challenges or things that are, uh, that are coming up against you that cause you to be in fear. And fear uh, can do a lot of negative things in these situations. One is it can prompt us to flee. So obviously this is a situation where God has called them to move forward. So what would happen if they flee? It can drain you of the will to advance. It can direct you um, either what you do or what you don't do. Um, It inclines me to pull back and withdraw. 
And it can be, a, honestly, a very huge tool of manipulators and enemies. There are a lot of people out there in this world that use fear as a way of controlling people and keeping people, uh, keep, keeping people in control. Another one that is a, just a verse that kind of came to my mind as I was looking over this. There's a verse that says, fear of man can prove to be a snare. Basically, you act in situations based on the fear of what other people are going to say or do. And honestly, that has been something that throughout my life I've seen over and over and over that that can control you. Um, and it has. It has controlled me. Fearing man and what people think can absolutely control you. So fear isn't just something that we feel, but, uh, but if we don't watch it, it really will stop us from moving forward into the positive things that God wants for our life. So this is what the leaders had gotten into, and uh, in fear, we see here has it, it starts off as just a little bit of fear, it escalates, and then it spreads. As we as we uh, communicate the things that we're afraid of, it spreads. So it says, uh, and this is where uh, you have this on your handout. In verse one, it says, or fourteen, verse one, it says, that night all the members of the community raised their voices and wept aloud. All the Israelites grumbled against Moses and Aaron, and the whole assembly said to them, If only we had just died in Egypt or in the wilderness. Why is the Lord bringing us to this land only to let us fall by the sword? Our wives and children will be taken as plunder. Wouldn't it be better for us to go back to Egypt? And they said to each other, We should choose a leader and go back to Egypt. So fear is just wreaking havoc at this point. It's no longer just one guy's idea or ten guys' idea. This is the whole community. People are wailing and, 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 uh, and just in panic about what's about to happen or what could possibly potentially happen. The whole community is, is weeping, crying out. They're grumbling against their leaders. So that's kind of another thing. Um, this is a challenge that we often run to when we get into fear is if we grumble against our leaders, who was the one that put those leaders in, into charge? Most of us just think, okay, you know, oh, my pastor's just a guy that decided to come along and start a church, or maybe you're just under the pastor. God honestly put these people in charge. Uh, are the leaders that are over us are under God's authority. They have to answer directly to God, but it was God himself who put our leaders into, into place. So what they're saying is extremely foolish, and it's inevitable that when you start grumbling against those leaders, you do all eventually start grumbling against God. So they start saying things uh, against God like, um, why would he lead us here just to die? Uh, you know, why, why did he lead us out of Egypt where we could have practically died to this place where we were going to die? You start, you start uh, looking back at old situations that were definitely worse than what God's trying to lead you to, and you start feeling like God's going to rip you off in this new direction he's leading you. Literally, in Egypt, their best day, on their very best day, these people were slaves. It's not a good life. And God, uh, God was trying to lead them to a place where they would have a land of their own and they would prosper. So they start accusing God, and uh, they get into a lot of foolishness from that. And some of their, some of their concerns are, are legitimate. Like, you hear this one, he says, our wives and children will be plundered and taken. Yeah, get it. Okay. Log that. Noted. Yes, that is a concern. When we get into a situation where we feel our families are threatened, I get that. Um, but there is a big challenge, uh, you know, especially these guys. They were leaders of their home. 
sometimes men don't take bold steps forward because they're afraid of what it's going to cost their family. And this is a real challenge um, because God is calling uh, husbands to lead families, to lead their family. God calls wives to follow that husband and, um, and move forward. So both of them, the husband who has to lead and the wife who has to follow, both of those, there's some real challenges here to get into fear. So as we walk into this situation, I hope, hopefully we can all say, yes, this is a fear-inducing situation. Um, but what they were getting into was completely off track of what God was trying to produce. God was trying to give them an opportunity to get a land of their own. But because of their fear, they were being completely stopped. And so in verse 5, we, jo- we rejoin it and it says, Then Moses and Aaron fell face down in front of the whole Israelite assembly gathered there. Joshua, son of Nun, that was the other guy, and then Caleb, son of Jephunneh, um, who were among those who had explored the land, tore their clothes and said to the entire Israelite community or assembly, The land we passed through and explored is exceedingly good. If the Lord is pleased with us, he will lead us into this land, a land flowing with milk and honey, and will give it to us. Only do not rebel against the Lord, and do not be afraid of the people of the land, because we will devour them. Their protection is gone, but the Lord is with us. Do not be afraid of them. So they've ripped their clothes because they literally hear what the community is saying, and they just cannot even believe it. It's bad news, and this was kind of like a cultural thing. They ripped their clothes, and basically it's a sign of repentance before God, that like, God, please forgive us for this foolishness that these people are saying. God is a good God, and he wants us to trust him. So what they're saying is like the complete opposite of trust. This fear that they've gotten into is basically saying that God is going to rip them off. God is going to destroy them. God is going to leave them holding the bag. And all of this is trickling down from their fear. Normally, we get into fear, we feel that fear, and we just act. We don't even think about the fact that what we could be acting in is the opposite of faith. It's the opposite of what God is trying to do. We, we're not seeing things clearly. We're way off track. And I would love to think that this story was a happy ending. It actually was a happy ending. It just took a lot longer than it had to be. <laughs> if these people would have moved forward with God, he would have given them possession of this land, and it would have been an immediate happy ending. It would have been a very difficult time, but God would have led them through it, and they would have, they would have uh, had that you know, uh, victory. But basically, because of this, God makes them to wander in the desert for 40 years. And uh, it's just such a waste of time. People die in the process of that, and a new generation rose up. And actually, it is a happy ending for guys like Joshua, who becomes one of the great leaders of Israel. And the other is, uh, is for Caleb. Caleb actually gets, uh, gets to choose his land um, in this process when they finally do um, inherit the land. And again, that was one of the reasons we named our son, because... The story basically concludes with him being 80 years old, and this guy is vigorous and strong and ready to take the land, even at that age, because the faith that is inside of him. So that's what we would like to build in our child. We'll see. But what do we do in this situation? How do we get over these fears that just hold us back and stop us from doing what God's calling us to do? We need to shift from fear to faith. 
So we need to recognize that uh, who it is that with, is with us. Because a lot of times when we get into fear, I know for me personally, when I get into fear, I just feel just alone. Like I'm the only one that's, that's acting in the situation. We need to see who is with us. And again, if you've decided to follow Jesus Christ, you've said, hey, listen, God, you are now the boss of my life. I'm going to follow you. I'm staying in your way. If you, if you move forward following him, he will not rip you off. He is going to be with you, and his power and his blessing is going to follow you. So the, the antidote to this fear, if you were saying, hey, I, I, you know, I, I get into this fear thing a lot. What's, what's the trick? What's the magic? What's the antidote here? The, the, the antidote to fear really is confident trust in God. That's how we move from fear to faith. And that is basically just saying that I have confidence, not in myself. I'm not, I'm not spears running through getting shot at and saying, man, I'm so confident I'm going to get through this. It's I am confident that God is not going to rip me off, that I can trust him no matter what. No matter what I see, whatever I fear, I can move forward. So how do we practically do this? Uh, we've been looking throughout this series at a, very, at a pattern, and I kind of described it a little while ago, but basically we feel an emotion. We've all feared, yeah, okay, we feel it. We feel fear, and then we feel like we're kind of along for the ride, that it, we just have to express it. However, we're going to uh, express it, either controlling our situation or, or wigging out and just bolting or giving up on something or turning around. But the truth is there's a small interval in there where we have an opportunity to decide to do something different. It may in some situations feel like a very, very small interval, but we do have the opportunity to do something different. So when we experience uh, an emotion, uh, we, can, we can choose to move forward in faith. And so uh, for Israel, they were clearly triggered by the fear of the men that they were going to have to come against to take possession of the land. That was, their, that was their trigger. And so they acted the way it made sense to them. You know, mostly when we, we experience fear, we just do what makes sense to us. But when we get into uh, to fear, there is an interval where we can choose to do something different. And basically, by relying on God, uh, that's really where that's possible. If you just say, you know what, uh, I'm just going to move forward in faith. Like sometimes people say that, like it's just this thing that you just, you know, just I'm just going to move forward in faith, you know. Faith is, is, is knowing, knowing what God wants to do and moving forward in it. It's not just a lazy, like, I don't know, I'm just, just going to move forward in faith. Um, but something that's interesting that I thought I wanted to throw in here is just that God does not have fear. This is something that maybe you've never thought about. Um, but God doesn't have fear. There's nothing that can harm him. He, he will not die. Nothing can block him or stop him. And that's really comforting to me. So the one that's with me doesn't have any fear. I do have fear. I am, I'm just a human. You know, I can be stopped. I can be blocked. I can be killed. There's all kinds of things that could happen to me. But none of that can happen to God. So as I walk forward with him, that's really comforting to me. That's the one that we're talking to when we call out to him is one that does not have any fear. He sees your situation completely different than you see your situation. And um, throughout this series, we've been looking at um, uh, kind of a chart that uh, I'll actually we'll have up there real quick. But this is basically an elevation, a, a 
picture of how uh, fear elevates. Oops, so it's, it's going to be up there. Um, but basically, uh, well, if it isn't, basically, uh, when you look at what the Bible says about fear, there's about seven words uh, that are translated fear in Hebrew. And one thing that's kind of neat about it, uh, and that we actually, uh, we got this chart from a conference that we had gone to in the fall. It was really great. It was on this topic. Very, very helpful, practical stuff. But those words are actually written in a kind of a sequence, like from the lowest kind of fear, where you're just kind of agitated or nervous, all the way up to, like, I'm, I'm bugging. Like, you know, this is, this is just complete extreme situation. I'm getting out of here. I have to flee. You're fighter, in your fight or flight mode. And because of that, we can kind of see uh, kind of a trend of how fear works. And fear has a tendency to just kind of creep up. So you start off and you just have this general discomfort or agitation with something that's going on. You don't really know how it's going to pan out. Uh, then you kind of move to nervousness or anxiety. Um, these are all kind of part of, part, of the, part of the process. When you start moving up into uh, the middle of, of the chart, and again, we don't have it right now, but uh, basically it starts to energize you. So, like some of the other emotions that we've seen, it's no longer just gnawing at you, but it's driving you to action. And then by the end of the, situ the situation, you're just wigging out. It has complete control. You're just, you're just completely freaking out. And because we have this tendency for these emotions, like you start experiencing fear, for it to creep upward, we really need to deal with it and deal with it quickly. Because uh, our, our, our emotions, our uh, central nervous system will just kind of take over. And honestly, a lot of people, we live on the scale of this bottom area, maybe for, maybe for decades and decades and decades of your life where you just have this constant anxiety, this constant nervousness or the constant agitation, fear, dread of all these things that constantly are creeping up in the flow of life. Some of us just build this, uh, this pattern. Um, so a helpful tool that we've been looking at that can help us move from fear to faith is this, uh, this, you know, four words that you'll see there on your handout. Hey, say, pray, obey. It's cute. They rhyme. But this is a really, really helpful way of coming up with a pattern to get God involved. So we only have a small window here. This interval sometimes between us feeling fear and wanting to act on it might, might be really small. So we want to act on it quickly. So the first thing is to say, hey, I'm experiencing fear. Hey, I'm experiencing fear. By naming it, you can figure out what you need to do about it. The next thing is to say scripture. So I've actually listed on here uh, five different verses and passages that, uh, that I've, you know, I've found very helpful when, I'm, when I get into fear. Maybe one of these would be the thing that would really help you get a grasp of what God says about your situation and get him involved. So we say, hey, I'm into fear. No big deal. We uh, we say God's word, we pray, we ask God for help in our situation. God, help me to trust you when I feel like I'm just going to be crushed by this situation. And then we obey. We move forward in faith and basically carrying out your responsibilities and doing what God says in that situation. What's the next thing that you can do to make forward progress in the face of this fear? So again, my message here today is not gut it out, be positive. God would want you just to be positive. God is saying, hey, 
I'm right here with you. I do not fear. I know what I'm doing in your life. Trust me. Let's walk through this together. So this little, uh, this, um, this tool is a very helpful way of getting God involved. And I want to wrap up today by kind of jumping back to that moment in 2020 while I'm, I'm standing there in the, in the waiting room of, um, of Kaiser Permanente in Baldwin Park. I've got my stroller with my firstborn, um, and I'm just panicking. My wife is in the emergency room um, being worked on. I don't know what's going on. I'm worried about the things going on at my work. I'm worried about all the stuff that you're worried about as a parent. Worried about, am I going to be able to support my family? When is all this going to end? And God uh, reminded me of a verse that I had like a little bit of an inkling of in my mind. I knew it was something about not being anxious. And it's Philippians 4, 6. Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything, but in every situation by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So that, I think that's one of the first verses that I put on this handout. But um, I, I had kind of like an inkling of this verse in my head, but I immediately Googled it and I started to memorize it because I went, you know what? I've never panicked like this before. I've never felt this level of anxiety before. And so I was like, I need to nail this one down into my brain so that I do not forget in the midst of all this stuff. So I memorized it. I prayed to God and asked for his help, and then I moved forward. What is the next thing that I can do here? Um, you know, for that, for that moment was just watch my son while, you know, Holly was being worked on and all that kind of stuff. The next thing would be, you know, just making sure we figured out what to do with Caleb while we were in the hospital for a couple days. All these different things that we had to figure out. I just kept moving forward, and I looked back on that situation. It was almost humorous because that year turned out to be kind of a crazy year for all of us. And I am so glad that I memorized that Philippians 4, 6 because I kept coming back to that over and over and over. And I would have never known that because that was like what? It was uh, January 20th or something like that of 2020. I would have never known that there was so much more fear that I was going to have to deal with. There were days when we first moved here where literally I remember standing in uh, kind of like the back balcony of our apartment looking out at the trees and you know being like, well, this is a really nice apartment, but... I might lose my job. You know, I, I work in sales. There were months where, like during the, the lockdown and stuff, where I, I sold zero. I've never had that problem. And um, in looking back to that situation, I would have never known in that lobby that that would have been such a great thing for, for God to provide me with a tool for me to move forward. But how about you? What's something that, as we've been talking about this morning, jumps out to you? That you say, you know what, there's fear there that I need to do something about. Or maybe there's, there's an opportunity, something that God's calling you to move forward, but you've just kind of been putting it off because you go, I don't even know how to start, and I'm just too afraid to move forward in this situation. There's tons of this stuff, and it's all opportunities that God is giving us to trust him, to move forward with him, not to do it on our own, not to do it in our own way. But if you, if you deal uh, with fear or you deal with life-dominating anxiety that you just can't shake, that you've tried a lot of things and you, you haven't been able to find help, um, 
maybe you've checked out um, medical treatment or psych psychiatric treatment. There's a lot of different things that could help out there, but uh, we really wanted you to know that uh, this, is, uh, this is a play, that these situations when you walk into them, sometimes it's, a message like this could be, um, you might be listening and say, you know, well, that's good for people who just have a little bit of fear. I, I'm just completely dominated. I'm ravaged by fear. Um, a lot of times, uh, to work through this, a message like this could be helpful. Um, but really having somebody that you can talk through what specifically you are dealing with and, and get some help on figuring out what does the Bible specifically say about that, that takes time. It takes conversation. And uh, we really hope to be the kind of church where those kind of conversations can take place. And actually, we've experienced that they, th this is a place where those kind of conversations could take place. And so if you're looking for some real lasting freedom from that kind of fear, um, maybe that would be a good next step for you this morning would be just to write that down on the back of your connection card. Hey, I'd, I'd like to talk to somebody about my fear. We would love to connect with you and uh, just have an opportunity to kind of talk it through specifically and talk about what the Bible says in kind of a, like a little bit more one-on-one -on -one situation. Um, a couple next steps for you this morning as we, as we move forward. You've been trying to figure out, you know what? Yeah, I definitely deal with this. I think this could be helpful, uh, but I don't know what to do next. Maybe these could be some things that would be helpful for you. One would be identify one area of your life that fear has stopped you, sometimes just identifying it that hey part of the process, hey, I'm into fear, and this is specifically the fear that's stopping me. The second thing is practice this week. There's, there's going to be some fear that's going to pop up this week. We all deal with fear, anxiety, stress, concern. Use hey, say, pray, obey to deal with that fear and see God come through. See that he can be trusted, and he will walk through, you, uh, through this with you. The other thing would maybe be memorize one of these. Create an anchor in your life that you can always look back to when you're afraid to say, I know what God's word says. He will not rip me off. This is the truth. Because we, I mean, we have just crazy thoughts in our head. But I gave you those verses. Maybe this week, pick out one and, and work on it. Nail it down. Put it on the screen of your computer. Put it on in your car. Put it on your home screen of your cell phone. Probably the most dominant place. But memorize one of these verses and it would be a big help to you. Uh, as we wrap up, let's pray together. Dear God, uh, we thank you so much for your goodness, your love, and um, your power, God. You are so powerful. When we get into fear, it is an opportunity for us to see just how powerful you are, God. You do not leave us to hang out to dry. Um, you do not rip us off. You love us. And um, God, help us to learn how to turn to you uh, because so often we just want to do this by ourselves or we think we only can do it by ourselves. God, I pray that you would teach us how to turn to you when we're afraid. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.